0: Good afternoon fellow Gunners and welcome to another Totally Arsenal podcast. I'm your host Mourne, and my co-host Aiden.
1: How's it, guys? Uh, a big dent in our top four races, a race with a result against Everton on Sunday.
0: You know, as much as I, I went into the Everton game with, with a positive mindset, you know, deep down, I don't know if some listeners felt the same, or even you, but I mean, I think deep down, Somehow, I thought this was going to actually be the game where we're going to come unstuck. Because so, I just think, you know, we were on such a roll, especially everybody was hyping up the home form. We were trying to kind of play down the, you know, that, that rut that we uh, like, away from home. But I think, you know, everything uh, eat home lost, uh, last week with that with that game against Everton. For me, I actually thought
1: that this Arsenal were going to be angry seeing that uh, United drop points against Wolves in the week. And... I think was it we, we had a chance to actually build on the gap we had, and we just threw it away. I was actually disbelief in the performance we had, not necessarily maybe even the result, but the the performance didn't show any urgency to actually show that we wanted to end in the third or fourth place.
0: And I mean we went into this match with no Cas and no Jaka as well as Torreira's final game of his three match ban, so that he had to sit out. So in the warm up, uh, Michael Keane withdrew from the uh, Everton squad due to I think some virus that he had and Phil Jagielka to you now step in, you know, was like last minute. Because he's become almost like a more peripheral figure at the at Everton, at Everton these days. So I was actually thinking to myself at, at that point, you know, of the game. You know, things look a bit. that beat. I sort of recall uh, whatsapping you at that point telling you, look, like thought, they got one of their main centre-backs out, so this could be almost like kind of open season on them. And had, uh, they they whatever his name was, that got the injury
1: as well, slight injury to his ankle as well, and then we thought, you know, if we're going to run at Everton, it's going to be open season mm-hmm. as well.
0: And I would say, like, the game kicks off. Arsenal have an early chance, which Charlie, Charlie Alka snuffs out for a corner. I think it was about the first, first or second minute. And then, for me, like, you know, we're thinking over the course of the game, that was almost like partially it was really our, you know, good chance that we had at goal. because Yeah, that's true. Everton then took the lead from a throw in from uh, Dinger. But I mean, it reminded me very much of, you know, the. It like brought up all the haunting memories of the stuff. the lap. <laughs> because <besteht> it took like one long throw, a flick on, which caused total confusion in our back four. And I mean, I'm, I'm the midfielders also bobbing around in the box. I mean, the ball then breaks to... I think uh, the ball gets flicked on a few times. The ball then loops up in the air, bounces off the static because Kolasinac. The ball, I think, hits him on the shins. And then, of course, it uh, rolls across the ground into the path of ker- and. He smashes home, you know, it was like a hero's type of entrance into the game. 1
1: 0 I was in disbelief. A guy that's come out of nowhere scores against Arsenal, but it's always typical. The most unexpected person comes in and causes a havoc against Arsenal. And I mean, for me, after that, I thought, you know, maybe we are going to wake up. But as we'll probably go along, that didn't happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, as I, know, I think I just noted uh, down here, you know, what followed was almost like the most toothless Arsenal, you know, attempt at getting something out of a game, because almost like Everton uh, resorted into a point of, uh, you know, woofing a ball forward. Look, I'm not going to try to criticize him. Look, I'm not saying teams was gonna just bend over and bow down to us, you know, like allow us to beat them. But I mean, you can see that, uh, that Marco Silva had a plan, and I mean, that was part of his plan, eating this long ball because I think it was like added to our frustration. Because look, we're already chasing the game, and now we're getting to a point where uh, you have to almost like, uh, you know, we tried to play almost like intricate football, and the more intricate we were trying to be, they would just belt the ball upfield when they, you know, when the ball breaks loose. So, added to the frustration, I think the, the almost like our away fans were almost like loud and booming. They were almost like, you know, like starting, or as you said, they were starting to silence that, I think, we. You just don't know what is going wrong and how we're going to correct this whole thing. And For me, I think
1: starting Mkhitaryan, sorry, Mkhitaryan, starting Mkhitaryan and Uzel in a game of this nature of where you need the players to fight, I think was like the incorrect decision
0: of Una Emery. I think also that Elneny's inclusion almost like left us also kind of lost that time in the game. Because he's or I don't know if, if he's like in a sort of lull in his career, not Arsenal knowing Look, he's also probably on the top of the list now, you know, one of the exits for the summer. So you're just seeing him that going through the motions, but I mean when you need him to now put in a real shift, because I, I was really like, I mean, sometimes I do keep my hopes up that you know he can do something or you know, a bit of turn of magic or or add some quality, whether it's holding the ball or shielding, you know, shielding the defense, holding the ball in midfield. But it's like he kept on losing the ball, he kept on making like aimless little passes or you know, knocking the ball back to our half. And I mean, especially away from home now, I felt uh, the like a back forward would have been better suited now with regard to Arsenal now. Because I just think this three-five-two has left us almost like very really vulnerable oh, you know, away from home. Because you you got now the, the three uh, centre-backs playing, uh, you know, holding up the difference of life. We've got the two wing-backs pushing up. But of course, we were playing our a team where people like Seamus Coleman uh, and um, I forgot the left. Oh, yeah, Digna. They, all they were doing was just belting the ball forward for that Calvin Lewin guy and, and um what was the other one that was bombing forward also for them on the other flank? Because as long as they kept on getting that, that little pocket that we were... Like open, oh. Yeah, Richarlison. So, I mean, that kept on that the channels, left and right channel. Because, I mean, at, at one point that I, was, uh, I was telling, uh, I don't know if I messaged you about it or I think like after the game, where I was saying something like, you know, this is the type of game where they almost like exposed Mondreal for his age.
1: Because yeah, been...
0: I mean, the minute you saw, like, they would eat the balls that pass, a Nacho on the right, and by the time he's watching the ball on the right, somebody's bombing down on his left leg, so he does not know what, and nobody's giving him a shout either, because at times, I think that's also one of the biggest flaws in our game, in, like a general thing, you know. We, they don't give the shout. That's why you have, uh, just to hop on previous games, where you had people like Xhaka getting caught on the ball, like with his back to, to his opponent and him getting closed down. Uh, it happened to Gwendozi also a few times. At that time it even led to a goal in one of that. I do it was a Europa League game or a League game where also dallying dally dally on the ball and getting caught in position. And, and you know, there's nothing you can really do. You're trying to track back. But then, you know, I mean, you don't really have the turn off pace not to catch up. So, yeah, that's it. If Everton midfielders were, you know, doing their bit scrappy in midfield. I mean, you had people like. Bernard was quite a creative midfielder. He was, you know, getting stuck in with 50-50 tackles, not being scared, you know, to, you know, having to track back. I think all of them, even the, the attacking players of Everton, I think that is where, also part of it, where they won the game. If you, if I can put it like that, because they, the flair players, were also willing to do the, the dirty work at the back. I don't know. I mean, how you saw it? Now, I saw
1: the
0: same thing. I saw
1: also an Arsenal team that didn't come in with any energy. Any intensity, they were second to all 50/50s. So it, it just said a lot about you know how how sometimes Flair players also get lost in the games like this. Now, and I, that's said, why I, that's why I said having and Uzel in the same team at the uh, in a game of this stature and you know the type of performance Everton would give it didn't really work out. It needed battlers in this kind of game.
0: Yeah, I mean, like look at also I think as you said Mkhitaryan only. Uh, you know, they were all out-muscled. Because, I mean, every time I was expecting a more, you know, a physical edge to it. And I think that is a thing where, where <clears throat> you know, when you was like, uh, what's the word now? Where you almost like, you now you, I was like appreciate, you know, people like, say, Xhaka or yeah you appreciate somebody like Koscielny or something like that. Because you had that, no nonsense. Even Torreira, I think we also missed a hell of a lot. Just for that, you know, being on top of the opponent because, it got to a point also, like when we were getting frustrated with that long ball thing, where after a while we were suddenly to back off, and all of a sudden, the creative players had now a bit more time to dictate. Like, I mean, that, uh, that um, Sigurdsson, there was a point, that I think, at, uh, even midway in the first half, where he could actually stop on the ball and start looking where he could pick up people because we were just not closing down anybody. And that's the problem. I mean, our waveform has been really
1: bad. So, why not, you know, try to start the game strong? Maybe come at them, close players down, just. Just show something that you in, uh, show intent that you actually you know want. you coming here for the points, not backing off and allowing the team to bully us. And like you mentioned, why didn't we go with a back four? Because we did that against Spurs at Wembley, and clearly at work we frustrated them. And I mean, we could have done this again. I don't see why we need to change just because it's evident. If we can approach it like we've been approaching our other big games, we would have actually, I think, done well in this game.
0: And i mean like we ended up like, going in you know half time one down and then emery decided now to go almost like back to the way we saw how he was doing in the first quarter of the season where he was making drastic changes even after halftime. time and then i mean on came um, aaron ramsey for el nini and obama um came then on for Kolasinac, who was also like, adding to the fact that we were always being caught out because he was also not giving uh, you know, real protection to Montreal, because every time, I, I don't know if you also recall in the game, there were numerous times where I saw Nacho giving him a shout, like, you know, you have to come help me, because, like, we're being overrun here at the back, and you keep, because every time, he would be always, like, caught up in the other half, instead of trying to help, and that is, I think that is one of the biggest flaws, and I think that is why Arsenal are looking also at the left back for for for, uh, for the summer also, just for somebody, because I told you that that Ix youngster, I forgot his name now. I mentioned to you at left back. He is the one also targeted that maybe as a possible replacement. There as a either we pr- probably keep Kolasinac as a wing back or a winger. But I mean, I think we do need somebody with more discipline. You because know, look, Nacho in his prime was ace at at, at uh, left back. But I mean, now we don't really have because Nacho don't have the legs really these days, and we and, and the alternative, Kolasinac, he's more attack-minded, so he's not doing that much to help out at the back.
1: Yeah, I think Kolasinac won't be much of use in a back four. I think we'll be exposed heavily, so the best thing I can think of, you know, maybe trying away from home is maybe play a back four, but then you play Monreal, and then you play Kolasinac in front of him. You kind of have, like, some solidity, and it allows well, I see there's also a bit more freedom to bump forward, and you can maybe tell Raka or Torreira to cover that gap when he
0: bumps forward. And I mean on 84 I'm sorry, on 48 minutes, almost an immediate impact with Aaron Ramsey now being in the, in the, involved in the game. Uh, uh Jordan Pickford punched the ball, straight at Ramsey and the Welshman. Of course, skies the ball, you know, with a keeper stranded in no man's land. So I mean that again, a golden opportunity was fluffed. Uh fifty-two minutes again another chance for Ramsey this time. He slices gold by slices gold by away from goal. You know, a cooler edit was needed now, you know, with uh, that type of cut chances that you need to take in these tight away games. On the yeah, hours I think also, chances
1: were for four and few between.
0: Yeah, and on the hour as also trust start chase the equalizer, we were not starting to you know, leave more and more spaces, you know, the game started getting more open. So, of course, people like your Bernards and your so- uh, uh, Sigurdsson, they started having even more, ad- you know, could be even more adventurous now going forward. And I think Leno had to pull off quite a few stops, you know, going midway and late in the, in the second
1: half. I think I think Lena was actually one of the guys in this game that I can actually put his hand up and said, I've done, I did, I did my all in this game.
0: And I'm an Arsenal one I- not. Yeah, Arsenal without trying to dominate. But, you know, leaving themselves, as I mentioned before, opening place and then Leno pulled off again another save from Sigurdsson. But, you know, it was actually worrying how even those little chances that you saw Everton getting those half chances, it was every time they were unmarked. I mean, we were, you know, defending with a full set say at the back and, and and some of the guys were tracking back, back. but every time the ball gets, you know, uh, they had no goal-bound chances. Those guys were always having you know, but I think with Sigurdsson, he even had a chance to put it left or right of the keeper. I think he would have scored. I think he ended up just smashing it straight at, at um, Leno. So, you know, it's, it's, for me, it's, you know, what they would say, alarm bells ringing with it, the sort of defending we've been pulling out now the last few games. I mean, some games we were now also riding our luck, you know, even with clean sheets and that, we're riding our luck. But, I mean, this one, like it was the type of game that broke the camels back and this is where we now finally got exposed.
1: I think if Everton wanted to, they could have made it 4 or 5 no, like they actually Absolutely. were carving us open too easy. I mean, this was one game where we weren't making mistakes on the ball, giving the opponent's goals, but actually we were defending so badly that we were being cut open all the
0: time. And I mean, you yeah, had people like, I recall also there was a moment where, I'm not sure if I mentioned it to you, where I said, I mean, when I saw this, uh, you know, the way everybody was ringing the changes, I would have actually taken off. You know, Mkhitaryan because he was at times allowing people to run past him. We, you know, like 50-50s, he was pulling out and jumping over. Whereas, you know, everything was just going straight through and get winning the ball. You know, you know, you know the balls to the wall type of tackles. And, and I mean, they were showing. You know, they were playing with way more art than we were. Because I think I just think a lot of them just did not show what we wanted to. You know, which is art. And I mean, with, with regards to the whole game now, as we're now wrapping this thing up slowly. Uh, the, I think the game could have gone on for another half and I think we still would not have scored a goal. It, I don't know, there was just nothing really of note that, you know, attack-wise that we were now doing in the game. Because, I mean, even with all the attacking prowess that we had on the field, there was just nothing coming.
1: And that's worrying for me because we have two big away games coming up for us, which is, for me, season-defining, actually.
0: Mm. And I mean, I just want to know, note, I just thought of a few uh, pointers here, I just want to read out. The, with regard to the, the, the Everton match, accurate passes in the opposition half Everton 185, Arsenal 159. This is now accurate passes in your own half Everton 114, Arsenal 252. So, you know, there's already telling you we were doing more of the knocking about, not knowing which direction to really go. And Everton were not wanting to keep the ball much in the off. They just wanted to get it into the opponent's off. And I mean, with regard to big chances, Everton 4, Arsenal 0, you know, that kind of season wow. ever- yeah. The this, this part of the quarter.
1: Yeah. That's quite embarrassing, actually, that yeah. a team that's chasing top four couldn't make a single chance compared to a team whose season, quite frankly, is finished, actually. Yeah. Everton's maybe chasing a European spot for Europa League, but other than that, they're not playing for much, and they, they gave that performance against Arsenal. You would have said... Our season's over, and they're playing for Europa League um,
0: quarterfinals and uh, a top-four spot. And I mean, I think what was uh, worrying for me was also, you know, when you look at the the squads that were now put out, I was actually expecting, as you you said in the beginning uh, of the podcast, you thought that that momentum after the the game against Newcastle, that momentum would now kick on, you know, uh, as we now go on to, you know, bigger. I was like, look, everybody, Muslims is like going to get bigger and bigger as we winding the season out down. But uh, you just saw no fire or fight in the team. So we draw a, a line now there. We switch our attention to the Europa League quarterfinal game against Napoli at the Emirates. Um, Gunners wanted their reaction after the Everton defeat. And I mean, in came key our cupkeeper, Czech. Uh, Koscielny was now back from injury. Torreira, you know, would have been playing anyway. So Ramsey and Aubameyang also came in. Arsenal um, started the game, like a house on fire, fastly passing, high intense pressure. Oh, what was your take on the game?
1: Oh, it was the type of performance you would have wanted in a, in a game of this magnitude. We've seen many times before Arsenal playing a big game and they collapse and they just are stage right, show stage fright. But... We picked ourselves up nicely, we were up for it, we were winning everything. It's kind of the way I would have wanted us to also start at Everton. We were going in for all tackles, winning everything. The commentator even mentioned like um, Napoli are all over the place. They have no clue of what's happening because Arsenal were that much in their faces.
0: And I mean, the high pressure game was something you could clearly see. Napoli players couldn't really move with it. And I mean, I think on seven minutes, the first clear-cut chance for Arsenal, Ramsey gets shot away. A good block by Koulibaly. The rebound then falls to Maitland-Niles. Again, he fires at, at goal. Again, Koulibaly with a block. Um, Napoli then partially wake up as Alain uh, picks out, I think, uh, Zygliński. Who sees his cross, came in that insignia, but because uh, he only cleared the ball before he had the chance to you know attack the ball. On 14 minutes, finally the breakthrough. Great build-up play by Arsenal. And... Um, what was it uh, as the Maitland Niles picked up the ball, plays it to Urzel, who first sees his path block, and then he goes on this little circular run, and then, of course, plays the ball in immediately to I think it was Lacazette, So it was a quick slip passing between, you know, oh, it was a one, one, two pass with Ramsey, and then, of course, he fired it at Luckazet. I think Lacazette then played in Maitland Niles, and I mean, some fantastic footwork by the young Englishman, because I think he just. As it was falling backwards, he almost like teed up Ramsey already with a, you know, with a little, little quick footwork, and I mean it was like just it was a perfect invite to Ramsey for him to just guide the ball past the keeper, Alex Murray.
1: For me, that that started off just like we wanted, you know, put pressure on Napoli. And for me, the season, the way Arsenal's been playing is you could bet your house on them, and they were going to show up and win the game. But for for me, and Ramsey showed great composure as well. To, to start uh, in the
0: bottom uh, what, corner. i uh, was also enjoying is, you know, as, as oh, I mean, most of us are heavy-hearted knowing, you know, he's going to leave. But, you know, it's actually such a breath of fresh air to see somebody, you know, with one foot out of the door, but he's still, you know, giving his all for the badge, you know, at the moment. So he's doing his all for, for the club to, you know, get us in, you know, a best situation as he can or what he can still offer while he's at the club. Um, I mean, straight from the restart, Arsenal started pressing in the tack. Uh, Napoli losing position time after time. On 25 minutes, 2-0 no Arsenal. Fabian loses position to Torreira. Uh, Uruguay then bursts through at the Napoli goal. He then checks back with a drag back and then fires in with a left foot. Koulibaly attempts again another block. Though this time the ball flicks off his knee. And it sends Mare the wrong way. Arsenal were flying no 2-0 Arsenal. To me, I was shocked. I didn't notice Torreira at first. I thought it was a
1: Ramsey. I also thought, oh, the combinator made a, a mistake because the way he got the ball and like cut into that into that composure as well. I was shocked and I realized, yo, we really did miss this guy.
0: I think he, that is where he actually surprises most of us fans because you take him as this little terrier midfield. that's you know, sniffing out uh, opponents' attacks, getting in little tackles. And, and I mean, I think what is for me a joy when I watch him play, it's like, you know, when, when they play, especially when you have these, these Europa League ties, you look, you have the contrast of leagues and you can see somebody from, from say, Napoli, now they think, look, we're going to have two, three touches on the ball. By the time they get that first touch, he's already on the ankles, on the heels or in front of them trying to, you know, snuff them off the ball. And I mean, I, I think he's a, uh, for me, he's a joy to watch.
1: I think he could be actually, like, one of our players of the season, if not the player of the season for Arsenal.
0: Because I think with him, you can actually count on your your one end how many performances now you know like in inverted commas not turned up but other than that he plays you know with his soft on his sleeve and I, I mean i think that's why he's become almost like an instant eat with most of the gunas
1: yeah I, I can definitely agree with that and then 26 minutes in we get the corner where the ball goes to kalasinac and he teases up nicely for obama who tries you know those one uh, finesse for those who play FIFA, the was it the odd one in a circle finish to try to curl it into the um, the corner, but uh, made it gets his hands to it. But for me, I think we, that should have been three. No, it was a good chance and a lot of space in the inside the box.
0: I mean, I think uh, we fluffed a lot of chances in it. There was, I think, a, a period. I think 30, 35 or forty minutes where he, like a lot of us, I think, uh, Aubameyang fluffed about yes. two luckers at um uh, uh, Because the only also had a, you know, uh, if you had not put an extra j- jump into the I think he could have also planted a good header at goal. But you know, these little chances, I mean, look, we still have other parts to discuss in the game. But you know, for the first half alone, we should have probably been way out of sight.
1: Definitely. And and knowing our waveform form at the moment, I think Arsenal should have tried to press home that advantage just to get that almost like a buffer that third goal Okay, i don't want to go too far ahead but i mean if napoli get an early goal in naples it's do we stick to us do we yeah. defend or try to get the away goal so we almost like we'll get there like at the end of the game but we almost like put ourselves in a troublesome position because of yeah. the the um, lackluster finishing
0: i mean there were, there were moments in also like the first half. Look. The now, regressing happened also again on 45 minutes. Yeah, long ball over the top, it was the whole defense on the heels. Callahan bursts down the right-hand flank, picks out Insignia, who well, then unchallenged again skies the ball over the, the bar. And I mean, how much of a warning do you need? I mean, that's uh, you've seen Insigne when he plays, you've seen Callahan when he plays, whether it's a Serie A or in Europe, they are. Of two of the like you know tricky customers and if you not if you're gonna give them the freedom of, like they say, the Emirates. I mean, they are gonna pick you off when they can. And I mean, for me, it was already a game where we were dominating. So why allow ourselves to be you know, you know, pulled around again? And I mean, where is the focus that you need, especially last five minutes of a match to you know see yourself out to time. But we've we've been speaking about this till we were blue in our faces.
1: We've recalled yeah. how many goals Arsenal have conceded before half-time, and it, it seems like it's not being addressed. I don't know if Emre and is not picking this up, because surely if you know that this has been your Achilles heel, so now when it's that time, you even as a coach must maybe start shouting at the guys, focus, focus, focus. There's like two minutes left till half-time.
0: And I mean, like second half, Napoli could now clearly see one more organised, that talking to that, that Ancelotti probably gave him or so was probably a kick up the backside that they needed in a game that, I mean, look, first off, they were like, almost like second best at most things for the majority of the first off. So, I mean, of course, only problem they most now being over-adventures as Arsenal, offside trap, kept on keeping people like insignia and, and, um what was it, like, uh, what's it?
1: Mertens.
0: Zielinski. Oh. Yeah, they were probably also getting, yeah, Mertens was also a few times called offside, but, you know, was the offside trap so far was working and helping us out kind of. And then <clears throat> on 53 minutes, Koulibaly and sees his goalbound effort being tipped over just by Peter on I mean, another fine save. Arsenal um, now started to sit back more, which was making me worried. Was Napoli now, of course, growing confidence and seeing us just sitting deeper and deeper, and you know, your 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 ball players were almost like getting more restricted of the ball, so that is like, it was like you were almost like losing touch with what was happening, you know, in game, and I was out. Like personally, my mindset was thinking. Something like Urzal was like, looking a bit tired because look, Urso was giving. <coughs> excuse me. He was playing his butt off in the in the first half, but second half it seems now with with him more organised. They almost like new to starve him somewhat of the ball. So you know he became almost like ineffective in that second half. Do you know? Um, I wanted to bring up. Um, it's Everton seemed to have been using it at Napoli a
1: lot. Like, did, did you see they were trying to actually just play that one long ball over the top? I don't know if it's something that. Teams have been starting to pick up about Arsenal that they struggle with the long ball, but Napoli were consistently trying it. Luckily, our offside trap was on point, otherwise, you know, we could have been in the same situation that we were
0: against Everton. Now, look, I just want to tell you something. Look, I did not, not discuss with you before and what we're going to talk about, and that is actually what I've jotted down. No. In my point of it. <laughs> my I just for that. not a no, no problem. But uh, I mean there's not what I want to say. You know, there's now two games now that you've not seen this error, you know, being exposed in a like bad quite badly. And I mean if everybody doesn't sort this problem out that you now at the end of the season, it could be an outbreak on two fronts for us. Because look, you know like even coming of course we're not still getting to that, but you, you know this is probably gonna be roughly the thing that Watford's gonna do. This is probably roughly the thing that Napoli will do. And I think even when we play at home, I think we've got Palace at home, right? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, Palace at home. Yeah, and that is also going to be something where they're going to probably have their runners now go at us because we're like not, not worried really about the, the midfield, probably flooded. And other than that, they're probably going to use other people just to bomb the ball forward. Um, we're simply just to open and vulnerable. And I honestly. This is something our defenders... Uh, you know, I think a top defender normally susses out that early. You know, the you, you say Virgil and look, I'm not saying Virgil and is a worldie, but I mean he knows, like <clears throat> for the majority of the season, he knows how to read the game. And you have people also like if you look at at, at some like something uh, like Man City, they also have people in their defense like even somebody like um, was it Dell? What's it guy? The guy from, from Man City, that one that they bought also not besides johnstone's that other one. these he's la, from Spain not or something la, like that. La Porte. La Porte, so, yeah. He's another one. Like he reads the like the way they the sort of plays you can see. <clears throat> I, of course I'm normally the one normally teasing when I say, Oh yeah, look at how much you paid for this, send the back that send the But you can actually see why they cost that price because these are the type of guys that can actually take like, you know like so sole leadership of a game if things are not going the right way and i think that is where our players are all looking at even like some like koscielny or, or some soccer not always soccer but since so he's always playing his uh, ass off for us but i mean like you yeah, have some like mustafi sometimes can look lost Monterey, <clears throat> if he's not playing like left back at that center back he does look somewhat lost if nobody's if, you know really Giving him the shout or, or backing him up or helping him out, so I think that is where I think Arsenal should also do that. You know, big investment come the summer because
1: we do need, we do really need a, a world class centre back. We need to splash the cash. I mean, you saw how Van Dyke, Liverpool were very susceptible to conceding goals, but Dyke came in and yeah. it kind of changed everything. And for me, and I don't want to jump ahead, get ahead of myself as an Arsenal fan, but. If that home form can stay the same and we
0: start picking up points away from home, we could actually be a real force. Yeah. And I mean Arsenal, of course, now with regard to the match. Arsenal made two subs in the in the 67th minute. Uh Iwobi, Mkhitaryan came on, Ursula and Nakazi came off. Um Napoleon just kept out carving a chance of the chance. And you know, this is what uh, I, th- I think I mentioned to you and a couple of my other friends those like what's happening on you like I think later on in the game. Or, oh, sorry, after the game. Um, you know, the, the subs I thought were going to give us an ejection of pace and, and, and you know, a way bigger attacking set. But I, I think, like, sub like Iwobi and Mkhitaryan, they almost like caused more problems for us being on. Because at one point I was thinking to myself, you know, as much as I, I thought it would be better for Urzal to come off, I actually thought we were playing it better with the tiring Urzal and the tiring uh, Lacazette. Because, I mean, Imobi like, was running into, you know, blind alleys. And then also, when you we were not trying to get the ball into their off, they were giving away needless fouls. So I think Mkhitaryan was giving away fouls also on the halfway line. And I'm thinking, why? I mean, we already, you know, you need all hands to the pump right now. And you guys are giving away cheap free kicks, which is like, you know, just playing down their alley again. For, for for me, I think that Everett should not have made
1: those changes we had. Kind of Napoli, almost you would say, against the ropes. I know they were attacking us, but there was still the danger yeah. of Lacazette and Ousel. And I feel yeah. if you are yeah. pushing for a third goal, that, that that could be to our detriment. Actually, this could be the moment where we realize that you know we lost the tie because of Emre kind of taking his foot off the pedal slightly. With we should have accelerated more and punished for the third possibly.
0: Look, I'm not a big fan of ESPN FCA, eh? but. I was listening to, look, like, uh, for normally about 80 or 90%, they're normally criticizing us, whether it's good or bad to result for us. But I at mean, one point where I do agree with, I think that one former Arsenal player, that Mariner guy, and he was saying he would have taken Lacazette and, and Ozil off once when he got that third goal. But he said, up till yeah. then, keep, he said, they were, like, I mean, like they had not, didn't, at, at some points, like with, when we did not go forward, they did not have a real answer to what Lacazette like was offering in Aubameyang as a as a uh, duo, and and of course there were also of course for, for parts that were now blocking his path, that, but I mean there were also parts, and later on in that, that that first part of the second half, where he was on you know starting to stretch them again, you know getting into little pockets again, because look there was Napoli now getting more and more adventurous chasing you know in one away goal, but as I said, and then of course with El Neni coming on. I, I mean I got so angry at one point, I think uh, I messaged you where I said, I mean, what is El Nini doing? I mean, he was just running, like you know, the game was going. You know, mm-hmm. I I tempo with Napoli, you know, on the front foot. We of course need to now protect this lead and event. And you see, every time they almost like one man extra because El Nini is not doing his job of of trying to press or close down. So I just almost said, what was the use of bringing him on?
1: The, the worrying thing for me now comes that everybody still believe that Napoli will overturn a tunnel deficit with ease. And I mean Arsenal's not your no disrespect. It's not like the Rens or or like or the Bate Barasovs where you know a tunnel lead can be overturned. But they like talking about is our waveform that bad that our 2 tunnel up against Napoli still means nothing going to Naples.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, because I mean, I haven't even heard somebody say, even if we, had, if we had scored four or five, we'd still be under 30 in Napoli. I mean, that, that, of course, it's over the top criticism, but I mean, it just shows you what people think of our way of defending. And more often than not, as much as we try trying to, you know, prove the doubters wrong or, you know, ever go at critics, but I mean, they, they end up doing calamitous things at the back and we end up paying for it tenfold. Because, I mean, for me, the way. This game was going, especially, you know, the way the first half was ending and, and the second half started. I was getting flashbacks of that game against Atletico with the Emirates where I thought why we, we were cruising one point in the game and afterwards it took one silly mistake and bang the into it. And that was what I was worried the whole time. Because for me, you know, as, as comfortable as I, I, I felt with my feet up first half, second half I was edge of my seat because I'm thinking, oh, shit, I don't want to concede a goal now.
1: That's me as well, and I think Ramsey could have had a hat-trick actually on the 58th minute. Kolasinac played him in a, a nice ball from the left flank. Ramsey, you know, he a shot in which the keeper got like a, a solid hand, two solid hands to it. And then we could go to the one with Gattari and also, you know, 45 to him, and he blasted it over the poles, and I thought, ah,
0: that's going to be it. And I think that you mentioned uh, wasn't McIntyre actually expecting the return pass, or something like that, because I think he still had a go at Ramsey for that. Because I think yes, he actually pulled himself, you know, in an a open space in the box. So I thought you, I think he was expecting the rollback just to tap in type of thing. But I think Ramsey just wanted to, you know, his name in flashing lights. Uh and I think uh, the wider thing as well that keeper made that save with Ainsley Maitland
1: Niles on the 58th minute. He hit the ball into the ground, almost like scuffed his volley, and the keeper just got his fingertips to knock it over for a corner. I, I really thought we could have been 5-0 up, and it's not even an exaggeration. Arsenal should take the chances, and I hope it doesn't come back to bite us. My question for you... But I mean, is, we saw I have a question for you. How would you go to Naples and approach the game? Would you go for that away goal and score it so that they need to score four? Or would you set out to be difficult to break down?
0: Look, I think <clears throat> we are team that can't score. We know, no doubt. But I would not risk a 3-5-2. I mean, look, of course, he's going to probably prove us now all wrong and he will probably go say 3-5-2. But I'm just saying like my point of view, I would go four to the back and you yeah, have like the strongest back four that we have. Um, and then maybe two holding mids. You know, almost like just to add to the frustration. And kind of, you know was like if I can put like this, try to flood that midfield as best you can. Because look, we know we've got the speed of say you I mean, even if you're gonna have Aubameyang and Lacazette like playing. But you have maybe obameyang is your winger and you have uh, Lacazette like as an outlet. But I would like I said I would uh, my build up or makeup of the team would actually be the gra we need grafters in a game like this, especially now, away from home, we're gonna need people that's gonna work hard, it's gonna work the socks off to to get the you know get the ball, win the ball back, and start something like a counter. Because I think we can probably get you know we can scrape an away goal. I'm I'm sure, but I just think because I, I don't know if you recall in that first half, I mean, but for some of the corners in the beginning were bad. We were actually winning a lot of aerial balls also. Yeah, because like the Napoli at times did not want to get involved in any of that, that aerial tackles but for locally Bali, with his defensive attack he was throwing his body on the line for everything but other than that most of them were like backing out of of Edis, like rather opting to get a free kick or something like that for something physical but i think that is where we could probably sneak something in but as i said four at the back probably five in midfield and one up front i think i'm in agreement of that but for, for a piece,
1: a part of me knows that I think we do need a way to go through to the next round.
0: I think just for that, just that factor, because it, it would really mess up their mind also, like knowing that they're going to have to score four. And I mean, if we yeah, can that, play a um, game. Yeah? No, no, carry on. Sorry, carry on. No, I mean, like if we just know we can play a solid game and, and be a bit more difficult to break down. Because, look, we also rode our luck in that, in that second half. So, you know, so I don't really breathe that much confidence to the defense. So, I mean, I think that we do need where, <clears throat> you know, you can, like, you know, having Socrates on his game, having, uh Kosialni, you know, a- a top of his game as well, physically as well. And then, of course, you have Monreal would be now more, because I, th- I don't think we need to have a Coliseum that's just going to, you know, be bombing down that left like I think. We- play a, a, easy, a, a kind of cautious game but just try to suck a bunch them because I think they, they could be got at, I think, because like watching certain parts of their game because Insignia is the guy that, that makes this thing tick and I think if you can somehow quiet him down or cut you, that, that, that that outlet to him, I think that you off the job is done.
1: But the problem for me as well now is we play on Monday night against Watford, a Monday night game and mm-hmm. we play Thursday night and for me I'm not a fan that the the like I thought that maybe the FA could or like the Premier League could possibly push their game to the Sunday since we're playing the the um the Thursday night. So I feel now there's gonna be a lot of pressure now on team selection. Like how do you go against Watford? No. Do you go strong against Watford or do you mix it up? Or like you know, if if scoring that third and fourth goal could have made the dilemma slightly easier as well. Going to Watford. No, no. You know. Yeah, you can play wherever you, yeah. you you want to play. But it's almost like
0: we a the situation you know, now
1: where we have to play a, a full string team.
0: Yeah, so okay, we pull a up on the Napoli game now. We switch our attention now to the Watford game. Another tough Premier League game coming up. Uh, this storm in the season has been Troy Deeney. Nine goals, five assists. I think he's up the stats is about 6.7 uh they defend the top defender is uh that jose hollebas i think he's averaging about seven a game and the top midfielder is etienne kapoui rated at 7.2 so i mean there that is actually like three, already three players in their spine that we need to really take care of in a game like this because i mean look it's going to be a vital game especially you know in the in inside with that other game coming up also in the what uh, game was against Napoli. So I mean it should be a hell of a scrap, especially going into this game without Socrates suspended for the next two Premier League games.
1: Uh ah, that's a that's a bit of a struggle because he normally adds the solidity at the back for Arsenal, especially when him and only play together. I feel much safer when the two of them are together. For me, I think a guy we also need to watch out is for that Gerard Delfoyo. Delafoy or however you pronounce yeah. his name because he's been the thorn. We saw what happened. I don't know if you watched the Epic Cup semi-final. He came off from the
0: bench and he goes havoc uh, yeah. against Wolves. Yeah, and I mean, he kept on, uh, you know, getting runs at it, you know, at, at Wolves and Wolves. almost like more backing off instead of attacking him. And I think he loves that, you know, he'll, you know, want draw you into a tackle and you will just skip past you. Uh, you know, watching him, uh, like with you know, mentioning the, the Wolves game, when I was watching him, like just he's, his cameo substitute performance, I just thought, myself, you can see he's a you know, boss, a youth player. The way just watching that, the movement, the thinking, and I mean, it's amazing that you know, Watford now snaps up somebody like that to play for them. Uh, I
1: wonder, you know, it wouldn't would be, uh. I wouldn't be able to gamble with a Campbell to you know? Maybe bring him into the Arsenal side, I know he was at, you know, all over and he couldn't act it. But do you maybe think, uh, uh bringing him to Arsenal as a, a winger
0: with his pure pace could work at the club? It could, but I mean, look at the moment we're looking now for somebody, you know, like that, the raw, you know, like a a genuine winger. Like out and out wing. And I mean, look, like uh, we mentioned that Pepe guy that was uh, linked to us. That, that uh, uh, Ismail Sa is also now linked to us. And I think who was the other one? That Ryan Fraser is also born with. So I think we do need that raw talent that, <clears throat> you know, they can not only draw you out as, as uh, like, you know, with, with wing play, natural wing play, but also can, you know, the, the, with dis- with regard to distribution, can really, you know, whip in a ball to get in the box or out. out attackers or attacking midfielders to go for.
1: I, I think I would like it, the Lozano guy from PSV. I, I don't know if anybody's in for him as yet, but he's somebody I would definitely like try to bring to the club because he also has at the raw is about his raw pace. He, he has trickery and I think there's something Arsenal maybe also miss away from home especially because if you can be solid away from home and play balls over the top, you, you're making the opposition
0: think that they can't just push... Uh, I line on you. And I mean, we also need a type of, like, out-and-out winger. You know, they can actually draw fouls for a penalty. We don't have that, really.
1: Yeah, we, we just have those, you know, the central type guys and that just, you know, try to either look for the through ball pass or to make the run. We don't have, like you mentioned now, somebody that's going to, you know, take you all the way to the box and make you think, do I dive in or don't I dive in?
0: I mean, uh, for me, sometimes uh, that is something I think we... we Colosina just gets put in like in a league of his own because he is somebody that's gonna take you on. I mean sometimes he's, he's the thought process goes a bit awry when he when he gets into the box As you can see he doesn't know whether to eat the ball low or he doesn't know when to chip it into the box. But just to get himself into that position, that is the type of player we are looking for, that that sort of winger. But you know, of course, with you know better distribution and a and, and quick mindset to know okay, this time I'm gonna eat it uh, like uh, just smash it across the six-yard box. Or the someone's gonna loop it over the keeper and see who attacks on the far post, something like that. That is what we need.
1: You know, I look I look back at, at things now and I'm like, you know, if only uh, uh, an Alexis Sanchez, like you know, wasn't so greedy to leave Arsenal for the money, if he would have stayed at the club. I mean, imagine him now with the Lacazette and uh, Aubameyang Baba Yang up front with maybe a oozel behind them and the protection of Torreira and maybe Xhaka, I think we would have caused havoc, so we do need uh, a winger that's going to take a game to the opposition.
0: And now it's also our to the Napoli away tie, you know, as we close the rounding off the podcast. Um, technically Emery, uh we need an Emory Masterclass, and put it like that rather, because only a squad of crafters are going to take, you know, going to take us to where we need to be because this is not going to be a game we can really take passengers along because look, we're going to be now probably in a, on the back foot for most parts. Uh, I think we will need a team effort to nullify Nap- Napoli as best if we can because I think, as we mentioned now, you know, as we touched on before, the more frustration we add, and we maybe look, that crowd is going to also be rocking. We all know that that Naples crowd are, oh, you know, that, especially the ultras they're going to have the right go at us, whether it's on the field or off the field as well. I think that is where we need to nullify them as best we can, frustrate them, and almost like, as you said, or normally in other podcasts, you know, where the away fans can start getting on your back. Like, if they know the channel to come through, frustrate like that, frustrate, frustrate. I think Arsenal should try to, you know, soak up the pressure
1: and then eat them on the counter-attack, but... For me, they cannot, and I repeat, they cannot let Napoli get the goal in the first 15 minutes. Not that they can get goals afterwards, but that first 15 minutes is crucial because if we let Napoli score early, everything goes yeah. out the window then. And then there's pressure on Arsenal. And we don't, you know Arsenal under pressure away from home. It's not something we want to see. I mean, I
0: think...
1: We should take it as a, as a batsman, you know, in cricket... Get to the first ten, like your first ten, then your next ten, then your next ten. So for Arsenal, should be first 15 minutes, keep it 0-0. Then push for the the next 15 minutes, 0-0, and then push to time, And maybe we 0-0 half time, Like you know, that puts more pressure on them to come out, and we can exploit spaces.
0: Yeah, I mean, my final take will be, you know, play a compact game, flood the midfield and defense with bodies. And force Napoli to change their approach, you know, like like we force them to change their all oh, attacking or whatever dimension of their game plan against us.
1: Sounds like a good plan, and sounds like if you were coach of
0: Arsenal, we probably would be going to the semifinals. <laughs> <laughs> Touch wood. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'd like to wrap off the podcast. Uh, wrap up the podcast now. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the pod. Uh, Let's hope we can give the positive result, a result on Monday. We really need it, especially the stop front. Hope you guys enjoy the game. Bye. Bye, guys, and
1: we really appreciate your support. Thank you.